Good evening. This is Terrence o McGarland O'Donnell once again this week, bringing you some some of the oddball news that I've picked up off the news feeds here for the last few days. Um, just to give you an idea, again, I said this is going to be kind of on a weekly thing. I don't know how far it's going to go. Um, but you know what? I'll keep trying every week and see if I can get folks interested in this thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully this little podcast will take off and I get enough people to listen to me. So I won't go into too much here as far as introduction goes. Um, it's Thursday, February 9th. And my first story is obviously the big thing, the elephant in the room, as I called it, the big Chinese balloon that floated across the United States. So we shot it down last weekend. Everybody was in an all, all in an uproar. And all the war hawks like Tim Cotton, Republican from Arkansas, he wants Chinese blood for having them dare to cross our border. The Democrats want answers to why the balloon was sent in the first place. Mostly the GOP hawks want to know why the balloon wasn't taken out over the Aleutians when it first appeared there. Why didn't the Canadians shoot it down? Why didn't we shoot it down immediately after watching it, you know, instead of watching it drift out past North Carolina? I'm sure there will be investigations and all kinds of stuff about it here in the near future once they get all the stuff pulled out of the ocean and dragged into a warehouse somewhere. Going to be a whole lot of finger pointing on. It already has been. Um, and then instead of coming up with some kind of a unified response with the government, they're all going to be waving flags and pointing fingers and saying, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. Now, Biden says he didn't want to endanger the public by bringing it down over land. Huh. Well, there are lots of mountains in Montana. Worried about starting a fire? Well, maybe they thought that it would be easier to recover from the ocean. I mean, that would be my guess. I'm sure the intelligence people will be wanting all over that and are waiting very impatiently for the Navy to recover all the debris. I can't imagine the Chinese didn't have a way to self-destroy that. Well, it turns out, with further news here during the week, they did have a bomb on that on that thing. They just get they didn't get time to set it off. We blew it out of the sky before they could blow it up. So we might actually get some stuff off of it. You never know. Then there's the news that the Trump administration let all let three of them sail over the southern part of the United States during his term. Everybody was denying it, of course, considering that it's common knowledge that Trump never read his intelligence briefs. It's not too hard to imagine that he never heard about it because he didn't want to. All this will continue to make headlines for a bit, as I'm sure they'll sort all this out one way or another. But the big thing about it is they are starting to pull stuff out of the ocean. They're starting to look at it. Um, as I said, they did find a bomb on it that never got set off. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much the public's going to find out about this stuff over the next month or two while they sort through all this debris. Uh, how much they're not going to tell us, I should say. That's probably the biggest thing, is what they're not going to tell us. You know, it's like anything else. Our government loves to keep secrets. Um, moving on. In other news, we have an article here um, about LB, LGBTQ plus minorities. So I read something here about a lot of the minorities irregardless of whether you're gay, bi, lesbian, or whatever, LGBTQ, what have you, they're all afraid to leave, live here in the United States now. There's a whole lot of them that are looking at overseas options. The article I read was about a, a young man who 
uh, descended from German immigrants. Now, Germany and Ireland and a couple other EU nations, if you can prove that you have a direct line to an ancestor that immigrated from one of those countries, all you got to do is take it over to the embassy, Irish or whoever, and prove it with genealogy documents and things like that, and you can get dual citizenship. So that's what this young man was doing. He was afraid that he's going to get killed. So he's looking into getting uh, a, dual, a dual citizenship to Germany. And, you know, it's interesting. I've read other stories. A lot of African Americans are leaving the country because they're afraid. They're tired of living in, in oppression. They're tired of everything. And they're going to places where they're be better well-received. Um, some of them are going to Africa. A lot of them are going to the Caribbean. Um, you know, so, but the, the idea is that all of these oppressed minorities, whether they're LGBTQ or African Americans or whoever, um, I, you know, I've mentioned my friend from Mauritius, but all of these people, they're getting fed up with the United States and all of this white nationalism and fearing for their lives, uh, rightly so after this business with Tyree Nichols here lately. Um, they're they're just getting up and figuring out where they want to live. Um, they don't want to live in the United States anymore. It's just not safe for them. And be honest with you, with everything that I've seen here in the last couple of years, I don't blame them. Um, you know, I've actually addressed this with my wife. Uh, maybe it's not safe here for folks like us because she's a, uh, you know, she's not a Caucasian. Um, I'm thinking, hmm. And she said, no, we got too much family here. We can't leave. I'm like, okay. So I've been kind of prepping myself in case things, you know, start to go crazy around here. I live in a pretty safe place for now, but that could change. Um, there's other countries you can live in that are cheaper to live in. Um, if you want to deal with things with health care. Now, certain countries over there have better health care than the United States and a whole lot less cost. Now, not all countries are better, but it depends on where you want to go. Um, as I mentioned, this gentleman wants to go to Germany. I could apply, I myself have the genealogy documents going all the way back to my um, patriarchal ancestor that came over from Ireland in 1879. So if I really wanted to, I could grab those documents from my son, head over to the Irish part, or maybe go to Ireland or go to the Irish embassy, and I could apply for dual, I could very easily apply for dual citizenship. Um, you know, it might take a little bit of work if I really, really wanted to, but I could do it. But given the fact that Ireland's kind of not real good right now, especially with housing, I'm definitely not in a hurry to get there. Uh, you know, maybe someday things get really bad here. Um, I might pursue it. But kind of, I feel better knowing that I have that option if I really want to pursue it. Because I do have the documentation. Uh, be interesting to see how that would work out. Um so the other part of that, you know, here's, here's another thing about, I'm going to talk a little bit about religion, just a little bit, because this also goes to fear-mongering here. So, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian believer. Um, I'm a, in a completely different category here. Christians would consider me a pagan. Um, that's their derogatory word for people like me. 
and that's fine. I don't really care. Nobody's really had his, ever said it too much in my face uh, in a derogatory way yet, but that's a whole other animal. Um, but the whole thing about it is, what if the United States went completely off the, off the rails and decided that the white Christian nationalism here in this country went full tilt and try to make everybody declare themselves to be a Christian. There are a whole lot of non-Christian people living in this country. I mean, not just, you know, in my spiritual beliefs, but there's Muslims, Jewish people, um, Wiccans, you name it, and, you know, oddballs, all the atheists. There's a lot of those now. Uh, But imagine what would happen if... The white Christian nationals took over the federal government and said, okay, part of our new deal, everybody has to be a Christian. If you don't want to be a Christian, you're going to go to a gulag or you're going to be a second class citizen or you can just leave. We'll give you a fig- we'll figure out a way for you to go somewhere. We don't want you in our country. If you do stay, you're going to be extremely marginalized and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, basically, a whole lot of people would leave, obviously. Um question is, where would they go? But let's say other countries opened their arms and said, hey, we'll take you over here, you know? Well, you know what? That would gut a probably a, at least a third of the population here. Imagine that. I mean, all these white Americans are screaming and yelling about, I don't want to do that kind of work. I want to do this. I don't want to do that. And, you know, you have all these folks who are willing to step in, not exactly white-skinned people, um, and now they're being thrown out of the country because they don't want to be Christians. Well, you know, Hispanics are predominantly Catholic. So would Catholics get treated any different than the Protestant Christians? Well, you know, there has been a lot of rivalry through the decades between the Catholics and the Protestants here in this country. And Hispanics are generally looked down upon as a lesser race, if you want to use that term, uh, much like the African Americans. So I wonder how that would play out. Would they marginalize and, and make the Catholics and the Hispanics uh, a second-class citizen group? Well, that'd be interesting. You know, that would really set things off. So now you got a whole bunch of white Protestant Americans running around saying, oh, we don't have anybody to do all these manual jobs. Well, guess what? You wouldn't let us do them. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> you know, so the big thing is they these folks probably would not work in restaurants, hospitality, meatpacking plants, Um, And, you know, here's another thing, too, I wrote down, is that there's a lot of IT fields in this country that are using Muslim Sikhs and Hindis from India and Pakistan. I mean, they literally flood the IT tech fields here. They're everywhere. A lot of folks like that. And, like, so what? You're going to throw them out of there? You're going to send them back to India and Pakistan? I mean, come on. Can you imagine all of that? The uproar, not only not between not not only the uproar, but the all the people that would leave, the country would basically shut down. I mean, the you really would just completely shut down. So it's it's a wonder how they're. I don't know what they're thinking here. I really don't. There's been more and more news coming up lately about all these white Christian nationalist groups. Um, they're trying to take over the House of you know the House of Representatives right now and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's been a lot of talk about them turning the country into theocracy. You know, a lot of scary stuff out there. So I was kind of wondering how that's all going to work out. 
So, go to our next story here. It's talking about, my next one I picked out was about American teachers and nurses. Mostly teachers. But there's been a whole lot of nurses who have gotten burned out with COVID and everything, and they've left the field as well. But the majority of it is the issues with teachers. They've been in the news a whole lot. Now, right now, I was reading something about there's a severe teacher shortage in American schools, partly due to COVID and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is the changing political landscape. More and more teachers are getting out because certain states and school boards, I can name one down in the very southeast corner of the United States, are dictating very restrictive curriculum to keep the students under better control for the future. They don't want any ideological anarchists graduating from their schools now. No curriculum or books about sex or gay people. No critical race theory or civil rights movements curriculum. Restrictive lesson plans on segregation and so on. It's gone as far as the colleges in Florida now with their argument over African-American studies and what is allowed to be taught. Does anyone think that history doesn't repeat itself? This is starting to look a lot like Germany in the 1930s. And I'm, only the one, I'm not the only one thinking about this. There are a whole lot of people commenting on this, and, this is, and it isn't making mainstream news very much. Maybe on purpose? Maybe it's being suppressed? I mean, I happen to know the United States does not, does not have complete freedom of press. It stopped decades ago. I experienced myself firsthand a couple of de- decades ago when I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2002. I was told by a reporter that reporters are being told before going to four positions like mine was what they could report and what they couldn't. Obviously, military maneuvers and positions are off the table, like when Geraldo Rivera famously started showing the world where he was in, in Iraq in 2003. He got quickly booted off, and then that, you, the, the generals all said, all right, all you reporters, you're out of here. Anderson Cooper was the, like the lone holdout. He was embedded with a tank crew out in the middle of the desert and a bunch of foxholes uh, trying to report on, on the water shortage and food shortage with, with a Marine contingent, and that didn't go over very well either. So they just booted them all out and said, all right, you reporters are gone. Now, other than that, they are told that if they want to do a story they might, that might be controversial, whether it's about something overseas or domestic, the stories have to be vetted and determine whether a story will be popular with the viewers and readers. If it is politically incorrect, the government will quash the story with threats against the media company. The Washington Post knows this all too well, and others. Fox News maintains its popularity, well, not so much anymore, but it used to be really, really, really popular because it feeds to a certain narrative to a certain demographic of the country. And that's okay, despite their stupidity and deliberate lies. You know, the big thing about it is... uh, it's all about what you want to push. Now, it you know, Fox News pushes to a, a certain agenda to a, a group, a certain demographic of people, and they're lapping it up. Um, and that's what top-ranked American news media has devolved to. Political tools to be used by whoever is signing the paychecks of the reporters. American news is very biased now. Now, Dan Rather found that out the hard way a few years ago. And if, along with a few other reporters in the last 20 years. I found that if you really want to know what's going on in the United States around the world, read the news feeds from other countries. I read the Irish Times, CBC Canada, The Guardian, BBC News from the UK, not the watered-down American version. I also read Al Jazeera and many others I can find as I don't trust the American news to tell me the truth about what's going on. I found that the American news media only gives you articles on the media company's political agenda 
such as Fox. And the other main three, CBS, NBC, and ABC, they all have their own watered-down agendas, which is why I stopped watching them on, on regular TV. I cut the cable years ago. Now, I learned all about this stuff long before the recent stuff. When I was a kid growing up, we lived right next to the Canadian border up in northeastern Maine. And when I and I also caught it when I moved back home after I got out of the Army. CBC News Canada would publish more about the Americans than the Americans would. If you really, if I, you know, we used to make a joke about this up in Caribou, Maine. We'd watch CBC News on Channel 6, and they would know more about, well, I'd say they would, they would publish more on their broadcasts about what's going on in the United States than the American broadcasters would. So the running joke was, they really want to know what's going on in the United States, just turn it over to the Canadian Channel. Um, you know, we when I was a kid growing up, we had two two channels, one American and one Canadian. So Channel Eight was the American Channel. Channel Six, it still is, was CBC Canada. Um, and we used to watch when as a kid, I used to watch more stuff on the Canadian Channel because they had better shows. But you know, times have changed. Um, you know, the big thing is because I read so much of the news in my internet feeds. I know more about what's going on in the United States. Seems like they're trying really hard to become a one-party country in the image of the GOP. Although the GOP is so dysfunctional right now, they can't agree amongst themselves. And the Democrats are just sitting back and watching the circus unfold. So it's no wonder the teachers are leaving the profession en masse. Classrooms are being closed due to lack of enough teachers. And teacher-to-child ratios are becoming unreal and unmanageable anymore. Just glorified daycare all the way through high school in some places. Colleges are becoming unaffordable as well. The days of going into massive student debt have passed for a lot of kids. The whole thing kind of blew up a while back. Kids were complaining so badly about being in debt for years to government, um, you know, these government-funded um, lending institutions like Sally May and what have you and Navient now. Um, that they're in debt for years. I mean, my daughter is a good example of that. I mean, she's still she's still paying off her college loans, you know, and she's been out of college for over ten years. You know, it just goes to show you it's a gra- it's a racket, and a lot of kids are not falling for it anymore. They're figuring out other ways to get through college, you know, or not go anymore. Um, the big thing about it is because of all of this kind of rippling change, they're opting out. And going, you know, opting out of college, going straight out of high school, um, and aren't willing to sell our souls to the student loan companies. So some will go as a try to work and go. Now that's a that's becoming a more and more thing. As the folks who just can't outright pay for this stuff still want to go to college, they're going to work and going to college like night classes and things like that. Um, you know, working a job at nighttime, going to class during the daytime, what have you. Um, But the other part of this whole thing with the college is some of them are willing to go later. They save up their money and go later. Uh, You know, that's not a bad thing. Uh, But the problem is the colleges and universities are whining about low enrollments now. Imagine that. So since the U.S. is no longer safe for international students much anymore, 
Student visa applications are way down as foreign exchange students are opting for college in other safer countries like Canada and Europe. And that's a really big thing. There's a whole low lot of international students who have opted not to come to the United States to go to college anymore, simply because it's not safe. There's been so much news media about especially Chinese foreign students who have gotten killed in L.A., um, Chicago, I think it was Chicago, Minnesota, something like that. It was a big thing here a couple of years ago. Um, young lady got killed by, you know, some crazy kid. Uh, but the big thing about it is it made such a splash around the world that, again, you know, exchange students aren't coming. They're going to Canada. Um, anybody that wants to go to school in North America, they're going to Canada. They're not coming to the United States anymore. A lot of them, though, have switched gears, and they're going to universities over in Europe. Um, you know, Asian students right now are flooding the European colleges over there. You know, that's not a bad thing, you know. I've, I've heard that the colleges over there are better than the ones in the United States. So go, go, have a good time. Uh, you know, you'll probably live longer if you go over there. And then here we go. I'm going to segue into water shortages. Here's another article about water shortages. Of course, I've said this before. I'll keep going on it. The American Southwest in the United States right now is in big trouble. Seven states out there arguing about who's going to get enough water because there's not enough water for all of them. They're all saying, that, no, it's my water. No, it's my water, my water. California saying at the loudest. Um, and the big thing about it is a little t- it's starting to get to be a, a thing. And again, you won't see this in mainstream news. Little articles trickling in here and there about little towns, little villages, towns out there in the southwest that run out of water, period. Or they're so close to running out of water that they're they're not, you know, they have no idea what they're going to do. The people are at odds because they really don't want to leave. But, you know, it's just not looking good. So six out of the states came up with some kind of an agreement. California said, nope, we're not going to go buy on it. We're going to make our own deal and everybody's going to sign off on it. Well, you know, California being the way they are, they're kind of like, yeah, well, good luck. Well, the feds are saying, hey, you know, you passed the deadline here. You need to come up with an agreement or you're going to come up soon or we're going to make something for you. Well, you know, California's still holding out. So the big thing is, unless the weather drastically changes, which with a change to El Nino coming here in 2023, things don't look good for the river or the underground aquifers. Basically, El Nino is going to come in this year, according to the climatologists, and it's going to upset the apple cart. You think you were dry now? You're going to be even more dry when El Nino gets here. So the big thing is, this year they did get a buttload of snow up in the mountains, but it's not going to be enough to make up for all they lost. I mean, it'll help, but it's not going to be anywhere near close. Now, I've written several articles and put on medium.com, um, shared with my account on Substack here. Um, they were all last year, so they're paywall now. Um, but there's a lot of other people that are writing about this. There's a gentleman on Medium. Um, he, Arthur Keith, he writes this. He's, he's got an ongoing series on Medium. Uh, about all of the water shortages and government politics and everything else going out there. I read every one of them because uh, he's very thorough, does a lot of research on this stuff, um, and he's he's a pretty nice gentleman. Uh, I've chatted with him a few times. Um, but the big thing is, you know, right now the water is going to run out, okay? It's just a given. We don't know when. 
but probably within the next few years, by 2030, Southwest will be dry. Okay, it'll be a dust bowl. The Colorado River will be dry, nearly dry to nothing. By the time it gets down to Arizona, there's going to be nothing. The aquifers are being sucked out faster than they can replenish them, so they're going to be empty. Towns are going to be sinking into the ground, or you know, sinkholes are going to open up, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, but basically, uninhabitable. You're going to have towns that will have to be abandoned. You know, you've watched old movies, and there's actually old museum places out west where the old uh, gold mining ghost towns, uh, you know, they made big things about them. Well, guess what? Water With water being gone, you're going to have a whole bunch of those little towns out there. They're going to get abandoned because you can't inhabit them. Okay, they're going to be gone. Uh, people are going to have to walk away. They're going to lose everything. I mean, all the money they got soaked into their houses, well, what good's a house if you got no water? You open up the tap and nothing comes out. Uh, can't flush toilets, all that kind of stuff. So then there's no help for it. There, I was reading something here about three weeks ago. Some town is up there. They ran out of water, and they're having to have the water trucked into them. And that's costing them like buku bucks. I mean, just bunches of money having a water trucked in from the nearest city. And that's only temporary. Uh, but it's like, what are the people going to do? Well, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a big thing out there. More and more towns are going to get stuck with that. Uh, I feel for them. But the problem is that's going to leave a whole lot of people, what they call climate migrants. They're going to be looking for new places to go, and they'll be looking for places that got water. So they're going to be heading east, and north, head east, and then all places like Oregon. and Well, Oregon's kind of dry right now as well. So Washington State, uh, Montana, all these other places, they're going to get flooded with refugees. Uh, Utah right now is getting flooded with California refugees. I saw something in the news this morning about that. Utah's going dry too. So eventually all them people are going to start migrating west. Or east, I mean. Um, so, you know, all the states that are, you know, east of the Rockies, they're going to end up having a whole bunch of thirsty climate migrants in the next few years. Where are they going to put them all? I mean, we're going to look like UK and, and Europe right now. Southern Europe, uh, with all these migrants showing up at people's doorsteps, hungry and thirsty, and there's not going to be enough water or food to take care of them all. So that's going to be real interesting. You know, here's another thing, too. There's another, another stories here about Arizona. So they're running out of water, as I mentioned, big time. What? They're still being stupid and building new subdivisions out there. There's still people moving to Arizona because they like the climate. I'm like, seriously, you don't have any water or you're almost out of water. And now you want to move into a new house? You want to set up a mortgage on a new house that in a couple, three, four, five years or so, there's not going to be any water? I mean, come on. You know? So it's one of those deals. People are eternal suckers, okay? And I mentioned his, you know, being a, buying one of those houses out there and then running out of water here in the next five years is like buying a pig in a poke. No houses are going to be worthless. But people are eternal suckers for the good deal by the right salespeople. And that's exactly what's going on. These people are being sold a good deal on a house, probably cheaper than what I could get anywhere else. And nobody's being told about the water or they're not listening or whatever the case may be. So I was like, all right, man, you know, you want to be a sucker? Go out there and be one. I feel sorry for you. Um, you know, I'll write about and, and 
you know, mention some of this stuff as I see interesting things. So that's all I've got for you guys. You know, the big thing about it, Joe, you know, everybody's writing about Joe Biden's State of the Union speech this here this week. Um, and that became a really big deal because the Republicans in the House of, you know, House of, well, I want to call it House of Commons, but, you know, House of Representatives, that's the American version. Um, these Republicans in the House of uh, Representatives, you know, embarrassed themselves greatly during this speech. I mean, come on. I don't think the English, I don't even, well, they may be, but I don't know. Somebody was comparing them to the English Parliament. Um, I don't know. I've, I've never listened to English Parliament too much, but I guess they're pretty rowdy people. So apparently the GOPs here in this country uh, are on par with that. And I don't know. I find that shameful. I mean, I would think that we, we as Americans could be better than that, but apparently not. Uh, and it's, you know, it's only going to get worse. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting next two years until the next government gets voted in. Uh, and that's, that's going to get real, real interesting. So anyway, enough about that. Um, there's more going on with that stuff and more fallout from all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just going to get worse as we go. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now, at this point, I'm coming to the end of my podcast for the night. And I'm going to do some advertising, just a slight bit. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm going to mention it again. I have a page on medium.com uh, where you can read material that I write. I try to publish at least once a week, sometimes two or three times, depending on how much free time I have. This week being one of those, I don't have a lot of free time. I also publish on Substack where this podcast is going to go. Um, and I'm going to start moving stuff, you know, putting more. Now, what I've been doing is cross-posting articles from what I get from uh, Tom Hartman and he did and a couple other articles that I find on, on um, Substack. I cross-post them here so you can read them. Uh, I do that only with the ones that are really, really, I find very, very interesting. Um, Tom Hartman's a pretty good writer. I don't do everything he does, but he does publish a lot of stuff. Um, and good good stuff. Um, I also have a web page. It's my own web page. It's a very um, non-Christian type. I want to say, you know, that's not a right word. You know, I'm a Druid, okay? I, I worship the Druid spiritual thing. And that is a lot of what's in there. A lot of Celtic and Gaelic uh, advertising. I want to say advertising. Um it's um, themed. That's the word I'm looking for. It's themed. Um, so I'm going to give you this address. I'm also going to stick it on the page here. So the address is https colon forward slash forward slash 527 dot website x5 dot me. Um, every time I put something on Substack or Medium, I make a mention in the blog section of this website you can go to it. It's free. There's no advertising on it. You can look around. You can see stuff. Um, it'll point you to the different pages here. I mean, if you want to go there and read something on Medium, um, you can do that. Um, you know, if you're if you're one of my Medium people and you want to read or listen to the podcast, you can do that. Uh, however, you want to do that. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, 
So, I also have a Twitter account. It's called Cranbethad, C-R-A-N-N-B-E-T-H-A-D-H, at Cranbethad4. It's the Twitter account. And I have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Terry dot O-D-O-N-A-L. Um, I have public posts on there. Um, you're welcome to poke around. Um, you know, I make everything as public as possible, especially on Facebook. Um, and I also have one more thing that I'll mention just this once now. I may bring it up again here later. I published one of my books. Um, I don't write books so much. I wrote one. And it's seven chapters, 71 pages. I published it. I did a self-publish on Amazon Kindle. And it's for sale in either ebook or paper book. The name of the book is called The Milkron by Terrence McCurlin O'Donnell, um, spelling the Gaelic way. And it's about a military adventure that went sideways, as they so often do, loosely based on some of my own exploits during Desert Storm, but it's very fictional. Um, and I'm, I've got it on, I've got it for sale retail at $4.99 for the ebook, $10.99 for the paperback. It's all going on sale here in the middle of February, so you can get a discount for a brief time here in the middle of February. If you want to check it out, um, you can look it up and go find it. Um, if you are a member of Kindle Unlimited, the ebook version is free. So, you know, that might be a bonus for you if you're into reading ebooks. All right, so that's all I've got for this week. Um, I do, I am giving everybody an option to leave comments on the podcast pages. Um, you can reach out, make comments on the website page. Um, and you can find me at Twitter, Crambathod, at Crambathod4. You can also leave comments on my Facebook page. Um, I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. And I hope everyone takes a little bit away, knowing a little more about the world we live in. And I hope to visit you again next week and see what's new in our world.